Do you find it difficult to come up with content ideas for your podcast? Or perhaps you've gotten stuck during an interview with a guest where you just have nothing to ask anymore. Try Poddex today. Poddex is the best all-in-one podcast idea generation tool. You get everything from episode ideas to interesting conversation starters for interviews, engaging discussions for your live streams, and even social media content ideas. With this tool, you don't have to spend weeks trying to come up with content for an episode or unique questions for your guests. Just shuffle the cards and pick one at random, hit the record button, and get started. Now you can make better content, have more fun while you're at it, and get your viral moment, all with Poddex. Head over to poddex.com and use code C4C. Welcome, sisters in service, to day 26 of the Content Creators of Color. I am Kat Corchado, host of the Sisters in Service podcast. My guest today is Nyota Gordon. She's an Army veteran. She's an adaptability coach. She's a TEDx speaker. She's a coach. She's a trainer. She's a podcast guest. Everybody, please welcome Nyota Gordon. Hi, Nyota. Hello, hello. Thank you, Kat. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. You're so welcome. Um, wow, you just—you've got a lot going on, girl. You know, it's all good though. It's all good. It is all good. Yay! Thank you for saying that. Because sometimes, from other people's perspective, it isn't always good. But for my, it's all good. No, it's all—it's always good. You know, you're—you're you're trying to be, you know, bigger and better, and you can't deny that at all. So, you were in the army. So I always ask this question. Did you pick the army or did the army pick you? The army picked me. Um, my uncle was a command sergeant major in the army. And basically he was my recruiter because he told the best stories about <laughs> eating dead birds and dead snakes <laughs> oh and all of these things. And I was like, you know what? I am going to eat dead birds. I'm eating those dead birds. <laughs> and so... Needless to say, when I joined the army, I was a paralegal. So I'm well, not, there you, you go. Know, I'm not eating no dead. I'm not, I'm not eating no dead birds. I'm not eating no snakes. <laughs> but he, he was my recruiter because, um, and that just tells you, and, and you know this, right? The value of uh, storytelling. Oh yes. And so he got he got me early. I knew since middle school that I was going to join the army. So wow. So you me. were like, I know what I'm doing. What are you going to be when I grow up? You know, you're like army. In the army, eating in the dead army, birds. eating dead birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought me. he was, you know, s tell you one of these very, you know, romantic stories of being in the military and, you know, serving your country and, you know, I'm sure it was in there somewhere, but all you heard was the dead birds, and dead the birds dead and snakes. <laughs> That's what I heard. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be in the woods. And I'm eating dead birds. And I'm going to be starving. And I'm going to kill those birds. And eat those birds raw. Which would have yeah. turned a lot of people off, including boys. Boys would be like, um, no, I want mom's sp you know, spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> I wasn't even close. That's a cool story, though. Yeah. That's a really cool story. Me. He got me. And the army kept me. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. got me, but the army kept me. They kept saying, hey, you want more? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> How was your transition? So when did you transition out of the military? So the 31st of December of 2015 was my last, um, you know, 
active duty. And up until the 31st of December, 2015, I, I was, I was kind of good. But on the first, I'm talking about the very next day, I fell apart. Wow. Now, did you have this romanticized vision of what it was like to be? And I only ask that because I did. And I always tell people I thought I was going to be the first round draft pick like they have in sports. I'm going to walk out their door. There's going to be a band, balloons, music, organizations throwing money at me. Please, please, please. And I walked out with my DD-214. Not only was there no music, I stepped right off the cliff. What was that like for you to fall off? Because it sounds like you fell off that cliff too. It's like I swan dived off that thing. Like, <laughs> um, I in my head, you know, I was cyber when I got out, and so you hear all these stories of you're going to make so much more money, and you're going to be paid, and you can work while you're on terminal leave, and you can be stacking all this money, but emotionally, I couldn't even. I couldn't, I didn't apply to any jobs. I had bought um, this place, this house, this townhouse. I had bought a, a condo, but I was still living at my parents' house. My mom was like, so you don't want to go maybe live in one of the houses that you bought? <laughs> no, mom, like, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm going to sit right here in my dad's chair, watch HGTV, and I'm not going to leave because I was crashing slowly from that point. So I wasn't even in the, the mindset to be stacking money or having a parade. Right. Unless that parade was happening in front of me in the living room where I was sitting, there wasn't gonna, there wasn't, and I just wasn't, I wasn't ready, you know? And then I even judged the military a little bit. Like I judged the army for letting me go, right? It's like, I put in my own, application like I'm going to retire I'm going to get out I don't have to do this anymore you know I'm smart I have my degree there's all of these things that I know right I know that but I was mad I was like why would they even let me leave like I'm a great all of the the chatter that goes on so yes. I didn't even really get to that point and um I ended up calling military um one source and they gave me a counselor, you know, to kind of help pull me out of this abyss that I found myself in. And yes. she just reminded me of who I was, you know, well, what did you like to do? She reminded me of the life even before the military, you know, what did you like to do before you even joined the military? And right. so she helped pull me back into NIOTA. Yeah. I think it, what's it important is even now I find that when people are getting out of the military, a minimum of two years, but maybe even before then, mm -hmm. is thinking about who are you when you don't have the uniform on? Like if you never put it on again, yeah. would you know who you are? And As a person, things, you know, what do you do? Who are, you know, you're not Sergeant Major anymore. You're not, right. you know... Right whatever, you, you don't have right. that rank anymore. So right. I think that's an important question to ask. It is. It's, it's super important. And one of the things that, you know, you talked about it, you know, people's organizations throwing money and me being able to go straight to work, being a GS-12, GS-15. Right. I know. You hear. 
<laughs> right? And and I think part of that, I got so wrapped up in that story of who GS Nyota could be that I didn't plan. Mm. I didn't even plan a proper like retirement process, which is so weird because that's all we do in the military. We backwards plan, like right. that's what we do. But when I got out, it's just all of that just went out the door. <laughs> well, so ridiculous. I think for me, it was, I thought the military made me think that I had everything I needed to mm. make it on the outside. And I was so lacking because there weren't all of these organizations that are out there now. And to just feel as though you're alone is the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. Even though my husband was a veteran too, it's different for women. It just mm-hmm. feels different. Mm-hmm. And you don't, no one tells you about that because everyone gets out and they're, and they come back in as a civilian in the same job that they left when they were military. Yep. And yeah. there's no transition there. You're just right back to yep. what you were doing. So I, yep. I think it's important for people to understand that everyone's transition is different but please, please, please plan, plan. two to five years out. Yep. And there isn't a whole lot you have to do. Just think about what you want to do yep. when you get out and plan for it from there. So, And who do you want to be? And I think you said it best. Like, who are you without the uniform? Who do you want to be without the uniform? Yes. And I think that's a very important question. And I wish you were around when I got out. To- I wish someone was around to ask me that question. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned cybersecurity. How did you get Mm -hmm. into cybersecurity? And what was your fascination with it? What was it about, I mean, it sounds cool to say cyber, it's it's very sexy to say cybersecurity. But how did you get into it? And what was your fascination with it? So when I was in high school, uh, I had a job in the MIS department. I worked, I had a corporate job when I was a senior in high school. I thought I was so dope. I thought, <laughs> and I tell you, I thought I was so dope, but um, so I ended up working at this oil company and I worked in the MIS department. So it was the management information systems department, which is basically IT. And I was like, where am I? Like, this is so, there's like computer parts everywhere. And I learned how to put computers together. And and I was like, I am doing this. So although I joined the military, because I was only supposed to stay for four years, (laughs) get my GI Bill money and get out. And get out, right. (laughs) That's what was supposed to happen. I'd stay 22 years. (laughs) So that didn't happen. But um, that during that MIS, during that part when I was in high school, my heart belonged to IT. So I ended up getting my bachelor's degree in information technology while I was on active duty. And um, when I went to, I went to officer candidate school and I was like, well, since I'm IT, um, I should join the signal. I should be signal because that's IT, that's signal. No. Can I tell you? <laughs> Signal core and the JAG core are not the same. <laughs> the culture is different. I was living my best life in the JAG core. Like I, Signal core is very different. Um, what I learned is that they eat their young and it is not <laughs> as nurturing as the JAG core. Right. Nonetheless, so there comes a point when you're um, 
when you're like in, in your captain, like when you become a captain, they, you get to specialize like warrant officers. Mm. And so, um, somewhat one of my mentors told me, she was like, when that comes around, don't, don't miss it. And so when it came around, they gave me the opportunity to specialize and it was um, like information assurance, you know, mm. so that's, you know, making sure the networks are secure, information is secure, all that kind of thing. And yes. so when I, when I did that, that's how I found my way into cybersecurity. And I was like, oh, this is where I need to be. And so I, I, I actually looked, I seeked it out, but it started in high school. Yeah. Now, do you find that cybersecurity is more relevant now than before? And I'm, and I'm saying not so much in the military because it's always relevant in the military. Mm -hmm. But I'm speaking now as, as, a, as a civilian. Mm -hmm. um, do you find that, that it's more relevant? Because, you know, my husband's always been a computer person. Mm -hmm. And I had the – I used to deal with the – Dell contract way but yeah remember Dell yeah that's how that's how long ago I was in but he taught me a lot about you know computers and security and all this other stuff and there are people now that are so not they don't they don't understand they don't have a clue so what would you I mean how do you get people to understand about cybersecurity like if you could give a tip for someone mm -hmm. trust no one right <laughs> All right, the interview's and, over. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would say that um, because I think it's become a lot more relevant, even um, because of COVID and everyone working from home. Yes. So they weren't to where you have these these this structure in place around cybersecurity at work and there's always the training going on you know forcing you to change your password forcing you to be diligent forcing you to you know you know someone's coming through and they're gonna check do you have your password written and hidden underneath that mouse pad right do you have a post-it underneath your computer with your password on there Right. Are you doing your cybersecurity? Like there's those checks and balances yes. in place when you're in the workplace. But when you now everyone's working from home. And you're and you're a lot more lax because you're in your house. Like when you're at work, you're a person. When you're in the house, you're a person. So now you're at home. You're like, I mean, I could do it. You're a VPN. I could. I know I'm supposed to use the VPN, but I'm just going to log in real quick. Like I'm just going to do it. And I think in this space, um, cyber criminals are a lot more diligent because they know that we are not right so just just and i don't know if you bank with navy federal but they had sent out an email saying hey be careful um on the rise is you know people are calling we would never ask for your passcode right yeah. So it's that. And then they also p talked about the IRS, you know. Oh, that's a big they one. They won't too. ask that. Right. My sister banks with the Navy Federal. She answered, gave the code. She didn't get that email or didn't see it. And they cleaned out her entire account. Oh, man. Because we have to be aware like you don't you you see they they had cloned navy federal's telephone number so it comes up in your phone navy federal so mm. you just have to 
know if if Navy Federal calls and they're asking for something like that, you'd be like, okay, great. I'm going to hang up and then I'm going to call you back, right? IRS, hang up and yeah. I'm going to call back. That's a And not the number tale. that they give you, right? right? Not the number they give you, but the number that is, you know, on that website for the IRS. So I just think we have to be even more aware. Um, we have to be a more vigilant, you know, when it comes to cybersecurity, you know, people are not working, yeah. you know? And so it isn't, you know, cybersecurity is also physical security, you know? So making sure, you know, that you, even in your homes and stuff, you're keeping your doors locked. You're making sure you're having security and not to be scary or anything like no, that. No, it's just. But people aren't working. And I'm sitting here awestruck and wondering, how are these people living without <laughs> jobs? I know. They're like, I quit my job. And you're like, wait, what? Okay, so where do you work now? <laughs> so what are you doing? Are you getting unemployment? Are you working somewhere? Like, now I'm clutching my pearls. I got my purse. <laughs> How are you living? Like, well, you so have to be hyper vigilant. Yeah. Hyper. Just be aware. Underscore like, be hyper aware. vigilant. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I've heard of, you know, my friends and, and, and it even happened to me, but I was smart enough to understand what was happening. So my, mm -hmm. my husband had called, and this was about our electric bill. Mm -hmm. And my husband said, hey, I got a call that said they're, they're outside. He was at work. And he said, they're outside. They said, if we don't do this in 15 minutes, they're going to turn our electric off. And I was like, that wait a minute. Right. So I called the company mm -hmm. and I said, hey, you know, and they said, yeah, disregard. Don't call them. Don't. She said, you are caught up. Do not do anything. And so I called my husband back, you know, and of course nothing happened. But if I wasn't hyper vigilant, yeah, that would have happened. The, but it happened in the opposite. Well, not opposite. I had ordered something, but the name didn't match the company that I thought it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so I said, oh, I think it's this, you know, and they, they, you know, gave me the money back. <clears throat> well, come to find out I was wrong and it was them. Mm. But, you know, I, when I talked to the woman and I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I, I was just, she goes, we would rather you be this way than the yeah. other way. And I said, I'm sure this, this doesn't happen. She goes, it happens more than you think. <laughs> so, you know, you're just hyper vigilant. Yeah, so you don't have to apologize for being safe. Right. So I know in your bio, you said that you used to work at one of the happiest places on earth, not Disney, but Southwest Airlines. So my question is, why was it so culturally balanced to you? Mm. For one, it came at a time in my life where I needed to um, be a part of a team. You know, being in the military for such a long time, yes. you know, I'd be become accustomed to being a part of, the t of a team. And um, when my dad had passed away, I hadn't been to work or anything, you know, I'd been... And so when cyber, when cybersecurity, when Southwest, <laughs> um, I saw that they were hiring in North Carolina, when I lived in Oklahoma, I was like, you know what, I'm doing it. Right. And so I, I signed up, I did the interview, and I already knew that I was home, even from the interview process, like they hadn't even picked me, but I had already picked them. It's just the the way that they're very human, 
you know, like they ask you your interest, not, and when they, when they're interviewing you, it's not just to interview you is to see how you fit in with the rest of the team. Right. And I just thought that was very important and urgent in a time of my life that I needed to be a part of a, basically a, a carefully curated team. It's unique too. Cause a yes. lot of companies don't do that. They just ask you the same old stupid questions. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> you know, and then they even kind of listen. I think now maybe this was part because at the time I was going to Syracuse and the interviewer was like, I love Syracuse, right? Like just, you know, that to, you know, to put a human, oh, I, Syracuse, why would you say Syracuse at a time like this? Like, I just thought just listening, like they kind of listen to see, you know, are you happy? Are you sad? Are you smiling? Oh, look. And so I was very, um, you know, I was in the military, you know, I, you're not going to get me twice about not planning. Okay? Right. So I was very careful to even wear uh, Southwest colors during my interview. You know, because I was like, I feel like this company is happy and I needed some happy. And we so, all need so, some happy. You know, if you can go to work and happy. get paid and be in a happy place, seriously, sign Do me it. up. I want part Do of it. that. Do it. And just the culture was very human, right? Like notice the difference, like when you even go to Southwest and they're like kind of playing on the, you know, playing on the speaker when they're doing the safety announcements, like they allow you to be like human. And I just thought that I I loved, I love that. Like I am an evangelist for Southwest Airlines. Like, um, and so when COVID came, I, they were like, okay, we're not really flying, but what we'll do is we'll give you, you, you worked here for two years. So we'll give you two months of pay and we'll let you fly free for four years. What? They're an, they're an awesome, awesome company. They're an amazing company. So even if you ever see a job and you can do it, you want to work, if you can work on the ramp or you could do an operations agent, that's what I was, right? You balance the plane, make sure it can fly safe. Right. Come to find out that's a skill set that's doing convoys translates. There you okay? go. Running a convoy, being yes. able to make sure you, ha- you can do a low plan and all that stuff, it translates, right? Wow. But if you ever get an opportunity and you can work for, with, through Southwest, I say do it. They're an amazing company. And they came just in the nick of time and my emotional needs. So yeah. That's a huge testimonial, you guys, yeah. just saying. Yeah. So let's pivot a little bit to your coaching. So mm-hmm. what is resiliency coaching and why would someone need it? Mm-hmm. And so what resiliency is, it's basically the ability to, to bounce back. And you think it's something that we do naturally, but it's not. We actually start to lose our bounce back muscle um, as children. And, and we end up losing that muscle early because of the, the lack that adults have telling us that what we can and can't do. Oh, you, you can't possibly be a millionaire. No one in the house has ever been. You don't know, even know any millionaires, right? So we start... <laughs> we, we start to get that, you know, chipped away from yes. us, you know, early. And then, you know, you go into adulthood and now you're adulting and then, you know, that part 
ends up making you not resilient because now you're working at jobs for money because you got to be able to live. You got to be able to pay your bills. You're not happy. Right. Right. But you have bills to pay. So that kind of takes away from your ability to bounce back. And so that's also that resiliency, that being able to bounce back. It's also being able to be adaptable. And so as a coach, um, what I do is kind of remind you who you were. I remind you of little Nyota, of little cat. Right. And, And try to get you to experience the world through little cat like little cat would never accept anyone talking to her like that right because kids are so honest and they're like you're mean right a kid will tell you (laughs) you're mean (laughs) yeah I don't like that oh where is my mom like what is happening you know and just to be able to experience the world because Mm -hmm. that little Nyota, that little cat that little Greg that little Sherry like she or that person, that little girl is your superhero. She's the one that knows how to love the most. She's the one that knows how to play the most. She's the one that knows how to stand up for you the most. And so I just really teach people to really lean and like put her as your filter. Mm -hmm. And because she has that skill set. And if she's weak in an area, you get to fluff her up. Like, well, the reason why she's weak is because you're dehydrated. Right. The we the reason why she's weak is because you're not well rested. You know, the mm-hmm. reason why she's weak is because you you won't fill her up, so you, she can't really be your best filter. Um, but what I am learning in this space is I'm really talking, talking, talking. Is that I it, I don't really um, I don't really resonate so much with being a coach anymore, but more of uh, I would say uh, an adaptability or a resiliency. A consultant. Ooh, I like it. Because, well, you know, because I'm more invested in, in, in my client's transformation than they are. And so I'm like rooting you on and I'm throwing you bait and <laughs> I'm trying to reel you in. And like, this is the big one and like, let's do it. I'm like, yeah, I'm cheering. I'm doing right. all my best lalas and I'm working harder than you are and it can end up being exhausting yeah but everybody needs that cheerleader in their life you know it's when you're talking about the kids the one thing that I remember about me as a child and children in general they always ask questions well why and so I never stopped asking questions my dad saw everything in black and white and I'm like why can't it be purple That was me. And I think that when you keep asking questions, you keep learning and you keep growing. And I think when you stop learning, you stop growing. So keep asking those questions. You know, why can't I do this? What's stopping me from doing this? And it doesn't matter how old you are. Mm -hmm. Just think about what it is you want to do and then go for it. how can I do this? Exactly. What are the steps that I need to to put this in place? So I know in your... In your bio, when you're talking about being a, a you're con, being in a consultant, and <laughs> you said your disclaimer is, I am going to get all up, all way up in your business. How does that help your clients? What so do they like get? It's like what you said. I'm super inquisitive. Like I am curious. I have questions, right? And so it goes to like, well, how long have you? 
acted this way. Well, when do you realize was the first time that you hadn't cried, like in years? Like, why don't you cry? Who told you that you couldn't cry? Like, I have questions. And it's not even like a script that I have, because, you know, each person is different. And I'm like, well, why don't you think the, the sky should be purple? Like, have you ever left home? Like, have you left out of your borough? Right. Because, you know, it's a lot of people in New York who have never left out of their boroughs, but they call everyone else country. I know. I'm not trying to say nothing, but okay. The reason why you didn't cross the bridge. Like, why haven't you crossed the bridge? Like, yeah. I mean, I've met people that have, you know, they were born, went to school, grow, you know, they grew up, they went to college. And they came back home and they have kids, they got married, but they complain about where they are. And I said, well, why don't you just go someplace else? Oh, well, I can't leave. Who said? That's what they said. They're like, I can't leave. And I'm like, why not? Oh, I can't leave. I got family here. I'm like, you okay. still have family there when you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, they'll still be there. <laughs> they'll still be there. <laughs> they can come visit or you could come visit. <laughs> right. And so when I, when I get up all in their business, it really lets me get, it, it helps me to get to know them, right? And to see, okay, so these are a lot of strengths. They have a lot of strengths here and they have, you know, some weaknesses here. So what we'll do is continue to build on these strengths and then address these weaknesses a little at a time because now their strength is like oh I can do it like it's building their confidence to be able mm -hmm. to well it's okay you don't have to open the door wide on this weakness you, mm -hmm. you can just crack it open a little bit and just kind of peek inside yeah like, what just, but for just, some people it's scary and it's okay do it's it scared do it scared it scary you know but oh, like you said open the door a little bit you know if yeah. there's a little light on this you know try to see yeah. what you can see yeah now but, close it back close now it close back. it back real quick <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it can be scary but you know what like what i've learned and it's it's funny but i when you hear people talk about fear you know they say fear of you know, appearing real, whatever the thing is, you know, appearing real. But what I've learned is when, so imagine you have like five doors and there's at this door right here, like at door number five, there's like fear is standing there. So what I've learned is fear is the cheat code mm -hmm. because if fear is standing at whatever door that fear is standing in, go walk through that one. Through that door. And or then the other's open. It's like a key. You know, yeah, those, but those doors don't matter. Right. Fear, wouldn't, fear is only protecting this door because the magic is on the other side. Mm. So if fear's not standing at the door, that's the wrong door. Right. It's not the wrong. What, it doesn't have to be protected. Yeah, go, to, go through that door. It doesn't matter. There's no impact over there. You're right. not going to save anyone over there. You're not going to be the best person, you know, on the other side of that door. Yeah, go on down to the door number three. <laughs> yeah, have a good time. But at door number five, your whole life is waiting on the other side of that fear. So if you're not scared, then that's not the door where your impact is waiting. Wow. The cheat code. The cheat to find code. Out. You need yeah. to write a book about that. <laughs> the cheat code. Yeah. So let's go to our, the second part of our interview. I'm going to ask you some very thoughtful questions. 
And so question number one is, what does your business look like five years from today? So five years from today, I'm definitely, I'm still pretty small. I'm still bespoke, right? But I'm dealing, I'm working with mid-sized companies with their veterans in tech, you know, inside of their organizations to helping them be more resilient um, and how that resiliency can positively or negatively impact the network, right? So that resiliency, so I'm working with, you know, a few choice companies. Um, I'm speaking, so part of an arm of it is I'm speaking about the power of resiliency and how leadership starts at home. And, you know, it's five years, there's a whole movement. People have t-shirts, right? Just got the whole vision, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> five years, because five years is there in the blink of an eye, yes. you know. Yes. Um, so in five years, like, I feel like my business is, like, finally having the impact without, overtaking my life so mm -hmm. it's a life of balance it's a life of adaptability right I love that yeah. so if you could pick anyone to play you in the biography of your life and they can't say no who would you choose you know who it would be that I don't even remember her name but she was on the she was cousin Pam on the Cosby show and she was um Unliving single, she's yes, the attorney. I do remember cousin Pam, yeah, but I don't remember her, her name. What is her name? But in you know, on in living single, she was the she attorney. was the lawyer, yeah, yeah, and she yeah, was, like, she was in a relationship with one. Kyle, yeah. yeah, they were in a sneaky relationship <laughs> together. Her, I think, she, I think she has you know, the the energy, the intelligence that I believe that I have, yeah. right? And she has like the humor. So I think it would, I think it would be her, whatever her name is. <laughs> Can somebody please let us know what her name is? See, I'm gonna have to look it up now. All right. Cousin Pam. Cousin Pam. That's her name. Right. So what superhero or heroine best personifies your personality? It's funny because here lately I'm really resonating. I'm I'm really seeing Steve Harvey as a superhero these days, um, and I think it's because of how he talks about um, having a vision for your life and really leaning into that vision and being able to really focus on that one thing. And I think I, he's he's like like really superhero in like right now like i'm really like fan like fangirl in him right now he's like, everywhere right now it's just something about like because that i think that story of, or the vision board and about focusing on the one thing and you know really getting having the courage to focus on one thing yeah and having the courage to really lean in all the way and having the courage to like not just dream big, because sometimes I feel like we can only dream as big as what we've seen, but being able to even borrow other people's visions. Yeah. And that's, so you get ideas. Think, yeah. like, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. I want to do that. Yeah. So what, what's at the top of your bucket list? 
of things to do? Um, it's actually, my bucket list is pretty, I don't, you know, I just pretty much do whatever, because I don't have kids, I'm not married, mm-hmm. so I just be like, I just up and go. So you just do so what my, you want to do. I do, <laughs> I do, almost to my detriment, right? <laughs> but uh, one of the things I'm getting ready to do here, and I'm planning in September, is to move to Dubai. Wow. And I know, girl, that's so crazy. But the, but the reason is, it's part of my... Um, personal and professional development. So I have a friend that lived, you know, she was stationed, you know, in the world. And when she got out, she went to go work in the Middle East. And she worked in Bahrain, and she did some stuff. But what I learned from her is that her mindset around receiving Mm -hmm. is a level that I feel like I can't quite, like, reach. And part of it was because living in the Middle East, that level of opulence they have is something that I haven't experienced. You know, when I'm in the Middle East, we got on uniforms, we're carrying weapons on right. our backs. Like, <laughs> There's no opulence there. <laughs> There's no opulence. It's like chopping wood. Like, <laughs> And so I just feel like being able to experience Dubai as a, a regular, degular person, not someone on vacation, but someone living in this space where the customer service is something like you've never, ever received in your whole life, that customer service in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you're getting that level of care right. all the time and being able you to- You get spoiled. Well- Why would you leave? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And like wealth expressed, mm-hmm. right? Not wealth in your head, but wealth expressed to the point where it's like, now this is just extra, right? Right. I want to experience that extra and be able to pull that into my own mindset. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm going. Wow. I love that. Yeah. All right. Last question in this series is if you could have dinner with anyone living or not, Preferably, they will be when you have dinner with them, but who would it be? (laughs) You know, um, it would be my dad. Oh. Yeah, that was my homeboy daddy. Like, um, it would be my dad. And you're talking about asking questions. My dad never was like, would you stop asking me so many questions? Mm -hmm. He just fed into it. He just let me go. Like, daddy, why this daddy? And like, even up until when he passed away. So I'm like, I'm 43 and Mm -hmm. I'm still charging this man up with a whole bunch of questions. (laughs) And, and, and so that's a skill that he let like thrive and grow in me. And so if we had dinner, I got questions. Like, and he will let me ask them and he will answer them to the best. And he would encourage me to further ask questions. Yeah. And, and so it would be my dad. Nice. I love that. All right. Part three. All right. This is the, this or that ready. Okay. You pick one. And I'm this in my head. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this. Cause this is where it's at. Right. I just had that right. I couldn't even let it go. <laughs> All right. Sweet or salty? Salty. Warm or cold? Cold. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Bad breath or body odor? Ooh, sheesh. <laughs> I always get everyone with 
Body odor. In Instagram famous or infomercial famous? Infomercial. Roller coaster or water slide? Roller coaster. A store where everything is free or a restaurant where everything is calorie free? Free. Every rest of, uh, everything in the store is free. Oh, free. yeah. See, I don't, I'm not me mad at too. no calories. I know. I me too. No I know. Right? I don't care about no calories. <laughs> I have a great relationship with food. We go together. We're like this. I don't, I don't hide food under my bed or nothing. I, I love food. Yeah. Books <laughs> or movies? Movies are based on books. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> So, yes. Uh, books. Okay, books. books. Zombies or vampires? Vampires all day. Winning the lottery or finding your soulmate? Finding my soulmate. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich and unknown. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Smartest person in the world or richest person in the world? Smartest. Well, you passed. well thank you for playing Nyota you know let everybody know where they can find you Um, I'm not hard to get at Um, so my favorite place my favorite platform right now is actually LinkedIn so you can find me there I'm Nyota.Gordon I'm super creative there's no X's O circles nothing it's (laughs) Nyota.Gordon you can find me there and uh, there's not a lot of Nyota Gordon so I would love for you to connect with me there I would love for you to send me a message don't sell me straight away say hi and let me know where you found me and then we can talk about whatever you're trying to say and well, what I'm trying to say. Thank you so much, Nyota. <laughs> thank I, you I so loved much having you on and, and playing my little game with me. You know, I'm still I'm still a kid. You know, I'm still yeah. a kid at heart. So little cat. <laughs> little cat. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody listening, thank you so much for um, being here. Well, not being here, but listening. And as always, please stay safe. Take care of each other. And until next time. But I'm going to add one more thing. It's never too late to start your impossible.